Welcome to the Wicked Ones Podcast. This is Jen. And this is Tara. How's it going? Um, good, good. How are you? Yeah, you know, I can't complain. Just like, getting the last uh, things done before Christmas and the kids, you know, they get off tomorrow. So I'm just trying to have all my running around done as much as possible. Same here. My brother comes in tomorrow, so... Yeah, that's right. You're doing your Christmas this weekend. Yeah, so I have to have everything done mostly before he gets here. So I have a long list for tonight and tomorrow. Wish me luck. Oh, man, I bet you do. Good luck. It's always, this is like your, we were talking, this is your rushed week to get everything ready to go. And next week will be mine. Yeah. I'm trying to get ahead, though, but it's it's not working. Well, I got the... uh uh, I got the text you sent me today about the case, Ellen Greenberg. It doesn't, I couldn't find really any more information than just the headline saying that there's new evidence. So how great would that be? That would be great. Amazing. I know her family has been fighting for this for a long time. And it is another one of those bizarre cases. Yeah, really bizarre. How do you rule a a victim with 20 stab wounds, a suicide, right? I mean, that was insane. I have to agree 100%. It'd be nice just to get a little bit more closure for the family and for us Mm -hmm. and Ellen, my gosh, whoever did this, it'd be just great if they could get the guy behind bars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's such a crazy case. So if you haven't heard the case of Ellen Greenberg, you need to look that one up and You'll know what we're talking about if you haven't heard it, but it's crazy. It's a right. She was a teacher and mm-hmm. she was found in her kitchen, nearly 20 stab wounds in, and it was ruled a suicide. There was no evidence of anyone breaking in or coming. No. In yeah, or, no, her door was locked from the inside. It was an apartment or a condo, so it has one of, you know one of those locks that it can only be locked from the inside. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the locations of yeah the stab wounds she you know, they say physically probably couldn't do herself. So. Yeah. I remember that. And you said you actually looked up the, uh, the rendering. Yeah. Of yeah the wounds, which right? was completely insane too. If you guys look at the case, you know, and obviously it's not something for everybody and it's just an illustration. It's not an actual picture, but it shows where all those stab wounds were. Mm-hmm. That's another crazy one. Speaking of crazy cases, right? With our Jean Bidet and all the theories that we have to talk about today. I, I could, I could keep going. I could pause this and we could, we could, we could do this tomorrow because I could do research for another 24 hours straight. It's insane. And I still don't feel like I have everything. I mean, I, I, so honestly, I'm probably not covering every theory. I know you know a lot a lot of them too, so maybe you'll pick up some of the ones I didn't write down. Um, I kind of just really dove into the ones that seem the most credible. And then I sort of wrote a little bit of a side note on, here's the other crazy the theories less credible. that are out there. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, um, so I guess we can start with the theory that the Ramseys did it, that John, Burke, or Patsy or both parents, or the child, it was an accident, and it was covered up with the bizarre ransom note, and made to look like an intruder did it. Things that I wrote down that kind of support this theory that people, you know, people speculate on, there were no footprints in the snow around the home, even though they did find an odd boot print nearby, you would think that there would be. And one in the wine cellar. 
yeah and one in the wine cellar um yes well they said that morning though when they were walking around outside looking for footprints that there was that was so cold and the ice was so hard that their own boots weren't leaving footprints no that could be that could very well be why for sure um so then there's another way to discredit that that thought you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to be sorry for interrupting. You just put in your own, you know, your own thoughts too, which that's a good one. I didn't even think about that being part of it with, you know, the, and I never, I never came across anything that, that said that. Um, again, you know, I usually only use about three sources that I trust. So some of them don't, you know, it's been so many years since the murder happened. I don't think all the sources cover everything to the detail or to the letter. You know what I mean? So, um, and no real signs of a break-in unless you consider obviously the broken window uh, with the spider web on it and the scuff mark on the wall. And also, people were saying they thought it was suspicious that John seemed to find her body right away, right? It's a dark area, the basement that was rarely used, and people speculated that they wanted people to be at the home, their friends, when she was found. So they were like, you know, so it could look like, oh my gosh, look what we found. Mm-hmm. This is, you know what I mean? So whether or not that's something also the fact that he brought her upstairs instead of leaving her body so as not to disturb the evidence. But I don't, again, as a parent, I don't know. I don't know what I would do in that situation. I will say that I don't see myself carrying my child upstairs like that. I probably would have stayed in the basement screaming for everybody. I wouldn't have brought it up like yeah, show and that tell. Seems more likely. Look what I found. I mean, I yeah. think. Right, right. You never know how you're gonna how you're gonna react. And then also that Detective Linda Arndt says that she knew that they did it the moment you know he brought up her body. That it was very strange that they let the you know the 10 a.m. deadline pass without a word. You know they didn't even really. It's almost like they weren't really yeah. waiting for a phone call. I guess some would some would say some people thought it was really suspicious that John wanted to fly out to Atlanta a few hours later. But you know he just said they wanted to be where they had lived for 25 years, where his parents and brother lived, and he wanted to bury John Bonet next to uh, his other daughter Beth in the cemetery, you know, nearby in Georgia. So I could see that. I could see not ever wanting to be in that house again, and that's I think that's how he ended up saying he felt. And then also there was rumors of sexual abuse swirling around, not surprising because of the autopsy, you know, was, was the father, was the, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I think that's something that comes into question in any case like this. So I'm not surprised. Uh, in John's words, this is what I found that he said in response. And I quote, a person doesn't go throughout their lives as a normal human being one night, turn into a monster, slaughter their daughter, go to bed and get up and act normal from then on. That just doesn't happen. I tend to agree with that. I feel like pedophiles can't stop if that's their thing. If that's who you are, truly, I think there's other signs um, that are evident. John Bunny was not his only daughter. But I mean, if you look at the, if you look at sexual assault as being an afterthought to throw the investigation off, then it wasn't even, that wasn't even what was really going on. Or as we know, you know, powerful people tend to get away with things. Look at Epstein. How long did he have private flights and people? Flying in and out with no, no real record, but a record, just an off-the-record record. Yeah, right? It's very, it's just crazy. I don't, I don't know. It kind of, I don't know. It makes you think about the stories you hear about Hollywood and parties and all these things and that they get out of control. But 
it becomes such a part of their everyday lives that they just start feeling like it's a normal thing mm-hmm. and nobody thinks about it. Does that make, am I making sense? Yeah. Uh, and then of course I wrote down, you know, some people say Patsy did it in a fit of rage when she had to clean up John Bonet's bedwetting again, that she snapped and she slammed her head up against something hard and killed her. And then they staged it. So that was another one, obviously that I came across <sighs> mothers who kill their children though. They usually write poisoning or drowning is usually the typical method. I don't, I'm not saying that you, that they can't be killed any other way, but in this case, looking at Patsy, I don't know her personality, her demeanor. I don't see her choking her daughter to death. I just don't, I don't personally buy it. In my opinion, I don't buy getting so angry about that, that you snap and bash their head in. Like, sure. I could see a swat on the butt or maybe a smack or something that you're, you take your, you feel bad about later, maybe in a fit of rage. I don't know. Yeah. They right? say something like that, but not like a death right. blow. Well, but they say that bedwetting is one of the lead causes of child abuse. Um, yeah. Yeah, I did hear that. As so, well. I mean, I guess it just all depends on home situation. But if, you know, if any of the Ramses did it and they staged it, that's insane. I mean, they would have to do some very, it I is. mean, it's not like, yeah, I mean, they had to do some mm-hmm. terrible things to that little girl. I feel that that's above and beyond for staging. Yes. They could have just said she fell down the stairs or, mm-hmm. I mean, Right. She was sexually right. assaulted. They would have to sexually assault their daughter to put that just way overboard. Yeah, no, I, I, a lot of people would agree with that. A lot of people would agree with that, you know, that you're right. You know, if it was a blow to the head and she was still alive enough that they had choked her for her to get the petechial hemorrhaging that we talked about. Cause I mean, obviously she had to have some life when that happened whether or not the blow came first or the choking, like the coroner said, you know, I still think it could have gone either way. I still think that there's a possibility that there was enough blood and oxygen, even though she was probably near death, that maybe that could still show up yeah. for the coroner to say, okay, it was strangulation, right? That's what we go round well, and yeah, round but, about. But we also say like there, yeah, that's why I don't believe that because they were saying by the signs of, you know, like the brain hemorrhage and the lack of there's no lacerations like lack because of the lack of blood like it was already like you know I don't know how to describe it there was enough blood but not so I mean there was brain contusions but there's also the Mm -hmm. temporal bruising showing that she was shaken so that Mm -hmm. would also lead someone to believe that you know maybe Patsy Mm -hmm lost it and shook her yeah. and hit her yeah. you know and hit her you know yeah no I I think so many things fit and it's and then they don't you know at the same time and and maybe that's where the 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 urine came in could have been from that could have been from her seizing from her her head her head wound or being choked or any yeah. of the trauma or right? she could have just wet herself when she was being assaulted yeah that's what I mean. Like from the trauma, not necessarily a seizure, but just from the traumatic, yeah, what was happening. Yeah. I just, for me, it just didn't seem like an angry mother disciplining her daughter. I don't know. I get that you can go off and, and do some terrible things, but just, it was like she was hit in the head with a baseball bat or something hard. Right. Yeah. 
that's to me that's what it seems and it wasn't a it doesn't a, it doesn't it wasn't a typical fracture you'd see with a fall it was mm-hmm. right it was displaced skull a very big assault yeah with an object yes mm-hmm. yeah your fist no or even a shot like people are saying oh she hit the bathtub it wasn't that wasn't a bathtub yeah right it wasn't um I agree and like we were talking about if it was an accident and somebody in the family killed her and this is what my dad leans toward I, t- I called him today you know because I told him you know I'm, I'm leaning towards the intruder theory and he said nope I think it was somebody in the family I think that was the case um and I said well do you think Bert could have done it and he said yeah he's like look at Chase he's eight and you've seen him swing the hell out of a baseball bat so could he have done this with something like that absolutely it's definitely possible he said he started to become suspicious when he, he said, he said, you know, this is the case in all of his training and, and classes that he's had to take and where, you know, at Quantico, he took a couple classes out there and then some locally. He said, every time they talk about this case, it's an example of how to fuck up a crime. I can see that. He's like, that's, don't that's do what, what we, they yeah. did. He's like, every time he's like, Yes. So he's like, we've covered this case several times. And that's always why it's brought up. It's this is what you don't do. <laughs> I thought that was kind of, you know, interesting, but I'm not surprised. How sad for um, the people involved. I know. I know. To be an and example of that yep. sort. Yeah. Because it's unfortunate because their their crime rate was really low and they just really didn't have the expertise. But I also feel like if you don't have the expertise, then you need to call in the experts and you need to give them free reign of your crime scene. You don't need to act like you've got this. Do you know what I'm saying? So that I think is where I fault them. I don't fault them for not being experienced, but I think you need to call in somebody that can do it then. I wonder if they took it seriously, to be honest, the way they just rolled up and casually came in and didn't do a real check. Well, they almost thought like, John Bonet was going to show up in the closet or as far as hiding it seems silly but in the beginning it almost seemed that they didn't take it seriously so from what dad said in in a lot of what they had talked about and thrown around was that the police and everyone involved they didn't want to be involved because of who it was because because of this family that they you know, they just did things that they probably wouldn't normally do. So that's also something to think about. But I mean, his main thing that he said, he said, you know, I forget a lot of the details of this case because I haven't looked at it for a really long time. But the one thing that just sticks out in my mind is John carrying her up the stairs. I did not read that anywhere else. Yeah. He's like, he carried her up that, up those stairs, like a sack of potatoes. And he said, you just, and I said, but, and then I stopped him and I said, but you remember that she was in like rigor mortis. He said, you know, I don't care if she was stiff or not. You hold your child to your chest and you, and you, you know, and you, if, if you're going to carry her up the stairs or if you're going to stay with her, stay with her, but if you're carrying her anywhere, he's like, just the way that it was done, the way that I saw the notes that I saw that uh, he said, I just couldn't get that part out of my mind. And maybe that's why too, the police, they're always focused on the family. Maybe. It could be for sure. Um, so you, cause they didn't so want to look anywhere no, else. They didn't. They wanted the Ramseys. 
they so your dad thinks John did it no he doesn't say necessarily that he thinks John did it he just thinks somebody in the family did it and they covered it up so he thinks either John Patsy or Bert yes yeah he said and he said I don't he doesn't necessarily believe that there was actual sexual assault so that would lead you know everyone to believe that okay if you're going to do this cover-up you have to show some form of sexual assault you have to you know put this garage together and put it around her neck and I said what about the garage like Bert couldn't have made that garage he said no it would have to have been made by an adult but he said just all of it the ransom note the way that it was done he said just he said they did a they actually did a very poor job he thinks if that's the case that they covered it up of covering it up but the but the you know the investigation was so botched didn't matter what does and he mean like he's not so, so I said, sure well, what about the garage so he said there it could have been you know staged and well said, even if it was think? staged you, know, said, well, you would have to violate your six-year-old daughter with a paint stick yeah. whether she's he alive would. or not yeah. like i mean so that's still sexual assault yeah, or there was sexual assault, and he didn't do it. It wasn't necessarily John. He said he didn't know that it was necessarily him, but he thinks he could have been, he was part of the cover-up. He's like, I do believe it happened with somebody in the family that this happened. But, I mean, and I, that's what I said. I said, well, if Berg did it with a baseball bat or something or some other object, then yeah, that's, there's some pretty sick shit that they had to do to cover this up and make it look like somebody did all of these things. And then I said, what, what about the garage? You know, when he said, he said, if an intruder had come in and that was his weapon of choice that he had fashioned and made for this purpose, he would have taken it with him. I said, really? You think so? And he said, yeah. He said he would have taken it away from Maybe. the scene. I could see, I could see either or. Yeah, because it was also tangled up in her necklace and all this. And then I thought, well, gosh, what if they were interrupted or he heard something and yeah. he just wanted to get out of the house? Like, I feel right? like, I mean, leave it there. You would think that he would take it up, but maybe not. Um, mm -hmm. I had something else I was just going to say, but I can't remember now. I wish he would have agreed to come on here because I'm trying to, I mean, we, we didn't talk about it in like great length. I was on my way, like running errands and talking to him casually about it. So I don't want to say anything wrong that he you know didn't say and insert but words or whatever. my one thing the only thing that I confused about or one thing I should just say it just makes me question it is if it was an accident and then someone in the family either Patsy Burke or John had to be like let me fashion this garage if it was an accident mm -hmm. and then they had to write that three-page crazy ass just, ransom note while their daughter's laying there yeah. dead in the basement. Let me go make this I don't crap. know. So I get. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot no, of things that I mean, don't fit. But that was his gut. He said, I think that the family was involved. And they know something. He's like, he knows something. Whether or not he did it. That or was my. I said that. I said, oh. I'm saying that at work. Everyone's like, where's the next episode? Um, and that's how I say it. I just think they know something. I don't know necessarily if they're responsible. But they know something. Mm -hmm. it just seems like it right so that's just what his intuition tells him from all of his experience and I I really take a lot of stock into that you know but then you of course then there's always the other people that I really love and follow too John Douglas and Lou Smith 
who's just all of his tapes were just you know released I don't know when I can't remember like the date or whatever but they released his hours of of interviews and thoughts and stuff I mean he passed away but he always thought and so did John that it was an intruder so it's there's very very different that's why this case is so crazy so many people have so much to say and so much insight that some agree with and some don't because then you have other people that are really, really good at their job. And they say, you always look close to home when in a case, like they say the younger, the rule of thumb is the younger, the victim, the more likely somebody in the Gosh, family. Did I give you the stats on that last time? No. Right. Oh, no, I believe no. Do you have I'm this off of the top of my head. I, I believe if there is a child murder within the home, seven out of nine times I believe it's a family member it's a family yeah that's why they always say look to the family and that's why they always say like the husband did it even with women right like typically the husband did do it and if you have a young child remember that case that was like it was ongoing for a little bit it's just I mean it had just come out that day and I think I I think I talked to you I don't mean to laugh but I just because you're right and I just I'm always we have such differing thoughts on things but the kid was missing and, you know, the dad and the mom and dad were on TV and they were, you know, please help us. Our child's missing. And I went, oh my God, did you see that interview? How heartbreaking. And you go, nope, he did it. And I went, what? Cause I was all, oh my God, this poor family. And you were like, yeah, I saw the interview. He, he's guilty. And then I think it was like three days later, they found the boy in the basement. I believe yes. he was alive. They found him. Oh my gosh. That was like a long time ago, Tara, like when we first met. <laughs> it was. Do you remember? Cause. <laughs> You, I, still I just remember. remember your face looking yeah. at me because I was like, I "Feel bad, he did it." Like, and you were so confused. Yeah. And I, yeah, you were right. I've learned a lot <laughs> since then. <laughs> oh, I used to be a lot more um, optimistic and and just have a little bit more faith in humanity than I do now. I think crime podcast will do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah well well a little bit I don't know um all right so okay so that's those are pretty much the main notes I wrote on if the family did it or not do you think we talked enough about that part of yeah, it yeah we could always circle back if something else comes up yeah I think we can okay well because I do remember and I didn't really keep put it in any of my notes because I just didn't put a lot of stock into it but there was something that said that in the suitcase with the cover and all that stuff there was like a crusty towel that had john andrews like dna no, on it dna was on the, and so, was on the actual comforter the duvet the duvet okay i mean he wasn't even there he had flown in right from minneapolis would he have had time to drive all the way from there and then make it look like he'd been there the whole time and then take a flight. I don't ever feel like I see that as a, as a viable theory. No, I yeah. don't. No, no. I just, it was in one of those that I read somewhere and it was probably along with the other crazy stuff that I put down at the bottom with, you know, we'll get to those, but there's some, they actually talk about how things. like they feel bad for the, one of, for him because he probably mm-hmm. just used that duvet when he stayed there and got caught masturbating Mm -hmm. because of his daughter or his uh, sister's death, which 
you know, I, he had a bedroom there. Yeah. He was a teen. I, yeah, I don't, whatever. I don't think that's a big deal. But in my, in the thing that I read, and I, I, I don't want to quote a source and, and say that it was in that source and make, make them look bad. But the source that I had read said a crusty towel. And I was like, I didn't read that there was a towel in the suitcase. It was a duvet. So maybe that's what they meant to say. But you know how some of these sources are, yeah. they say different things. There was one that said, they kept saying, and it was another credible source. It was Rolling Stone. And I'll just go ahead and say it because they fucked up. They put 180,000 everywhere. They like literally have it on their website in a, in a story. And it says it over and over and mm-hmm. over. And I'm like, that's not correct. Somebody didn't catch that and like go back and like just edit that. It's online. Can't you just like re-edit it and hit like <laughs> <Right>? update? <laughs> so whoever uh, is editing at Rolling Stone, you need to get your shit together. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's... <laughs> just glaring the average joe knows enough about this case to know that that's not Mm -hmm. exactly so i don't know if i could say that was a credible source or not now (laughs) um so then i guess we can talk about the intruder theory this is the one that i was leaning toward before i don't know i circle back to everything not being clear in my head Mm -hmm. again you know with with everything that i just talked about but um but i always keep this in mind just because somebody looks perfect for a crime and because of their background or record or whatever, it doesn't mean they did it. Like how many times does somebody look like so perfect for a crime, but they had nothing to do with it. Right. I always, always keep that in mind that you have to follow the evidence, but I mean, unfortunately there, I, what I read and I read this somewhere and who knows if it was correct or not, but that there was something like 37 or 38 registered sex offenders in and around. Yeah. I read that as well. Like, holy shit, that seems a little high. So I don't know what was considered the surrounding area here, like how far of a wide of a, you know, area that they took this sample from. Damn, I need to get that app and double check our, our new our new neighborhood. I, I believe Billy already did it, but I know I want to do it again. So I, you guys have. I know everybody usually does when they move. Yeah, we don't have anybody in our neighborhood. It's important. It's important to check. Uh, I think that you should check every year, so if you're out there and you have kids and you, you haven't checked, get that done. So you just, just so you know, just so you're aware. Well, I also try to remember that even if you get caught, like urinating in public, you have to register as a sex offender. Definitely something to keep in mind, but if you miss that and something happens, you feel, you feel pretty bad that you let your kid go hang out with the, you know, the nice old neighbor and he's a registered sex offender and you could have easily looked that up, you know, you know, and then you could just ask, Hey, did you pee on a playground? Did you get a, a ticket there, buddy? Or what's this about? I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> I'm like, I want to see this interaction. I have to find a sex offender <laughs> for Tara to talk to. <laughs> So what's up? <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, so what do you, what are you in, you in you, for? Why are you a red dot on the green dot list? Actually, that's where I'd be like, hey, and then I go here, <laughs> see my friend Jen, she has something she wants to talk to you about. <laughs> this is the guy. <laughs> um, okay, so here are the main suspects that the police were looking at that I wrote down. I mean, I did feel like they were they were more focused on the family, but these are the people that kind of came up. Gary Oliva, 
He was a 32-year-old drifter, a sex offender living in Boulder. And in 2000, when he was taken in for possession, he had photos and cutouts of JonBenet in his backpack. I mean, this is like three to four years later. He was also said to have had a stun gun. So, okay. You know, again, this guy has a couple things that make him look guilty of just being a really shitty person, but it doesn't mean that he was anywhere near the house or whatever. The other credible evidence that people lean on for him being a possible suspect is that his high school friend, Michael Vale, came forward and said that not long after the murder, he remembers that his troubled childhood friend, Gary, called him up and he was crying and he was saying, I hurt a little girl. But he didn't elaborate, he didn't go into what happened. And then he was really unsettled when he saw the case and he saw, you know, the garrot that was formed because the knots that were used were very similar to the ones that he had used when he attempted to choke his own mother. So yes, this guy sounded like a real winner, you know, in life, but you know, it doesn't mean that he did it. He was cleared through DNA. So they let him go. He was also recently charged with two counts of sexual exploitation of a child and possession of child porn. So, you know, again, in the end, this guy was right. Guilty of being a not so great citizen. Yeah. Yeah. And I, honestly, just, I looked at his picture, just his photo. And I was like, he didn't write that note, mm-hmm. you know, somebody was definitely a little bit more well-educated to have written that note, just my opinion. And when I was talking to dad earlier, I called him again and I said, okay, what do you think about this guy? And he said, you know, let me remind you, sex offenders aren't kidnappers. They just want one thing. So he would have taken her. He would have brought her to a secondary location. He would have done all of the things that he wanted to do. And then he would have killed her and disposed of her body somewhere else. He wouldn't have written that note. That's another, another thing to think about, which I was like, yeah, you know, you're right. That's what sex offenders do. Uh, then there was the electrician, which I was very confused by this guy, Michael Helgoth. So he worked at a nearby salvage yard. This is why I was confused. I'm like, was he an electrician? Was he a salvage yard employee? Did he do both? He was an electrician at the salvage yard. Hey, maybe. Maybe. Or he just, you know, that was his side job. That was his hobby. Maybe he got laid off. I don't know. (laughs) So he was working at the salvage. Maybe. Maybe he was. Yeah. So totally could be either. I didn't really find that that detail was something that I needed to really look further into because I don't think that, I don't think he did it either. But it was said that he had an ongoing dispute with the Ramseys over property. Uh, He and a friend had mentioned that they would be coming into money soon, about 60 grand each. Um, It was also said that he had mentioned once that he wondered what it would be like to crush a human skull. But I guess in my thought, I'm like, he's a guy, a young kid, he's working, well, a young guy, he's like 22, working in a salvage yard. They're crushing things all the time. I can imagine somebody just saying that randomly, like, doesn't mean anything. I don't know. In my opinion, I was trying to put myself. Depending on the context, I agree. I say stuff like that all the time. Yeah, I know you do. So just natural curiosity. <laughs> so, yeah, if anybody took everything that we said out of context, like it would look real bad for us. <laughs> so, um, also, when the police had put out a press release in January of 1997, a few days later after the murder, they had said that they, um, you know, that they had found a new, they had a new suspect that they were kind of zeroing in on, and uh, he was found. He had he had died by suicide. So everyone thought this guy did it and he couldn't handle it. So he offed himself, but he was also cleared through DNA. So they crossed him off the list. I heard they had talked to him. It could have been after they talked to him. 
What do you think? There, I imagine, I can't imagine what this land dispute is with the salvage yard worker slash electrician and the Ramseys. I know. Again, there were so many things that I was curious about that I was like, I'm not going to waste my time looking into that. So I guess that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I've read that before, but I haven't ever read what the property dispute was, but I guess it's just important that they're explaining the connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agree. I, I mean, he could fit the profile of somebody that would want to kidnap initially for money if it was especially like some dispute where he wanted so much money whatever if he was an electrician that actually had access to the home and actually saw you know had access to the pad of paper to seeing what the bonus was maybe saw it on a check I get I get it I could see maybe where that would happen um even the fact that given his age and what they were saying about the note could he have written something like that maybe with all the movie references sure so I don't know, but he was clear through DNA. They, I mean, they had that technology then. So what do you think? I, I think everybody is suspicious because I, this case has me looking sideways at everybody, but I don't believe he was it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I just, I, I feel like that's not. It doesn't fit enough pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there was John Mark Carr. Mm-hmm. You heard of this guy? He confessed in graphic detail to the crime, said he strangled her in a love game gone wrong. And the things that I read really make me want to take a shower. So I won't go into them, but this was one sick individual. Yuck, just gross. So he was arrested in Thailand where he'd been living after being charged with tra- uh, child pornography here in the States. Um, he had contacted Boulder, a uh, Boulder professor through email with his confession you know, they were working on a documentary on the case at the time. And of course, this was reported to the police. So they flew him in for questioning. His DNA also did not match. So he was cleared. Um, and he was also not able to even be placed anywhere near Boulder. They, he was in Georgia at the time. I mean, you can only speculate people like this, right? They just want some kind of connection or notoriety, or maybe he was in love with this little girl and he just wanted to be connected to the case or I don't know. So, so gross. And then the fact that he now lives somewhere in the Pacific Northwest with a new identity and as a different sex. I'm not even sure what the proper pronoun is here, but that's where Carr oh. is now. So, yeah. So these people are out there, you guys. These people that we talk about are out there living their lives and they're yeah, nuts. Yeah. Confessing to that type of situation. And if I read correctly, I believe that they almost thought he enjoyed what you're talking about all the nastiness he said almost like describing and living out his fantasy by telling them does that make sense no it does the stuff that I read and the things that he wrote her and the Mm -hmm. I would I just he should not be living his life somewhere in the Pacific Northwest no he should be living his life somewhere behind bars in the Pacific Northwest well a lot of them are not so great, but just not so great people. Maybe not so, instead of not so great murderers of Japanese. Could we say on here that we support <laughs> the purge? I can cut that if we can. <laughs> I, I think it's okay to support it. 
Yeah. In some ways, not like I support like all of the facets of it, but I'm sorry. Some people just don't need to be a part of society. Maybe they just need their own little island or something where they can just be gross together over there. That's an idea. I don't know. I'm open. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Some of the things I think I just, I don't know, maybe I should just keep to myself. But uh, anyway, so talking about this kind of a thing, these false confessions, they happen all the time. Like these people come out of the woodwork confessing either like, like this guy because of the attention, wanting to be involved or, you know, they're on death row. They want to stall you name it, who knows. I'm always just really baffled though by the people that are seemingly normal that just want to be a part of the case. You know what I mean? Like out of nowhere, not that this guy, he probably didn't seem normal. I'm just saying, you know, where you get that random like high school science teacher that's like, I did it. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Why would you so confess bizarre. this? I do know. You know what I mean? It's weird. So bizarre. It's crazy. Um, so moving on, there's also the town Santa, uh, Bill McReynolds. He was a friend of the Ramseys. He dressed as Santa for the kids that week. It was rumored, of course, that he paid a little too much attention to Jean Benet. He wrote her a note saying that she would receive, you know, a special gift after Christmas or something special. Uh, I did think it was a little strange that I read that he took with him into heart surgery a little vial of gold glitter that she had given him. And apparently Mm -hmm. stardust. Okay had told his wife that if he passed away to please mix the glitter with his ashes if he were to die. So that part's a little creepy and very odd to me. Oh, no. What do you think about that? Santa. Santa. He, <laughs> yes. And the last I heard, he requested that after he died, his ashes still be mixed with the stardust and spread behind their cabin or something. He made a statement. No, what were you going to say? Sorry, no. I was going to say the only thing that I could look at this as not being creepy and weird is that, and you can look at this either way, guilty or just a sweet old man that maybe Jean Benet reminded of, of his own daughter that passed away. And the weird, the really odd thing about that was that she was said to have disappeared 22 years. Actually, I said passed away. That's not the case. She disappeared 22 years to the day of Jean Benet's murder, mm-hmm. his daughter. So maybe she reminded him of his own daughter that was gone. But it's really odd to me that it was the same day. That's the only thing that strikes me is maybe not the only thing. <laughs> hey, what do you think about this? What do you like? I let's just talk don't about it. Think Santa's nimble. When. I see him. <laughs> I don't imagine him moving through yeah. the house with stealth. I don't mean to laugh because it's so inappropriate, <laughs> but I just don't think that he has the athleticism, the physique, I don't know, to carry it out. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah. I just don't. No, no. No, you're right. That's a really good point. And then it could have happened, I guess, especially if you can't hear anything from where you are in your bedroom. I don't know. Unless John Bonet went down the basement willingly and. Right. Cause she, yeah, him. I guess there's scenarios where if he would lured her away mm-hmm. and he's obviously of that stature, it could 
very well harm a small child's body. But again, I feel like she probably would have struggled some. I don't know. I just don't. What do you think? Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I keep, I keep kind of thinking about the whole, there was no signs of forced entry, but I also, I know that there's been times where we got the kids, one's fallen asleep in the back, the other one's like, I want to put together a toy and I'm this, and you're trying to drag in Christmas presents and whatever, and you go through the door and you, maybe you don't lock it. Maybe, I mean, I didn't see anything on this that was there a possibility that the front door was unlocked and somebody just but they said in. there was many entries there's yeah. many doors in the home so who knows yeah mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like I walk around in like a psycho and and check the stove and the doors and like all of that stuff every night before I go to bed but I mean I don't know it was crazy it was Christmas they yeah, had a things lot happen. going on anyway yeah, so maybe it wasn't a situation of somebody having to be like stealth and go through the window. Maybe they just walked in. I don't know. Okay, so I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him as a suspect, but it's a little weird. Uh, but again, he was also ruled out from DNA. Did you read anywhere? Did they test everyone's DNA who she was with that day? I did not read that. Maybe that's where the the other unexplained dna came from i mean her like they put a blanket on her they carried her upstairs fleet was nearby he touched her ankle like could have been somebody that she knew that was just an innocent contact from that day right maybe or is this where they found the dna it would have to have been somebody who was part of the assault that's my take on it okay so Anyway, I was just wondering about that. If that was something that could have been like secondary contact DNA or if it was something that was like touch specific. DNA. Yeah, yeah. Or if it was something specific to the intruder or the assailant. Okay. Something to keep in mind. Then the housekeeper, Linda Hoffman Pugh. Her husband, Marvin, was the handyman and they had a key. So she's been listed as a suspect. I don't think that she had anything to do with it. But based on what I read, but, you know, Patsy pointed to her saying that, you know, they had asked for 2,500 or she, maybe he didn't, but she had asked for a, a loan of 2,500 because she couldn't pay her rent. And so they actually declined. They were surprised about this and they said, you know, no, we can't help you. So she thought, well, maybe she was, maybe she was angry about that and wanted to, to kidnap her and maybe she was involved somehow. And also she had mentioned that she had mentioned to her mom, you know, Jean Benet is such a pretty little girl. Don't you worry that someone will want to kidnap her? That was something that, she, you know, that I had read. And she actually spoke out against Patsy on the stand. She said she was suspicious that Patsy did it by accident, that she thought that the woman had multiple personalities. And, you know, when she would argue with Jean Benet over dresses or having friends over, she had never seen anybody so angry and like explosive. And I was like, well, let me tell you, you should come to our house sometime and see me lose my shit. Cause everyone thinks I'm super, Oh, Tara's just so sweet. And she did. And I'm like, you know what? The other day, I guarantee if you had been at my house and seen me just lose it over whatever had happened. And I like, I have my moments. I'm not going to lie. I think everybody does, you know, I've yeah, yelled, get upset. And I've gotten loud and said some things that people probably wouldn't expect me to say, but you know, when you're, when you're pissed off and you're angry and you're yelling, 
sometimes things come out and then I usually always say, okay, I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm really sorry that I said that, but I'm still very angry and I have to walk into another room sometimes. And I know you've been there. Oh yeah. For and sure. a housekeeper, it's like family. You're going to see some shit if you live in my house. Yeah. Just because it's just life. That's just the way it is. I agree. Even when I, was I know. Nanny. I mean, there were things that I saw that I was like, oh, damn, I'm going to go over here. But it wasn't enough for me to be like, these people are abusive. No, no, wow. it's normal, awkward Yeah, that every family goes through. Yeah. And I did read that the housekeeper just wasn't a fan of them prancing JonBenet around. She kind of thought they were sexualizing her, right? She was a little girl and they, they were dressing her up. So... I believe she didn't like that. And she had seen some cases where John Bonet didn't want to necessarily be doing that. And it made her upset. I see. You know, and I looked at that like, I don't understand the pageant life. I know Patsy was, she was involved in all of that. She was a beauty queen herself. And so I think about this in terms of that's what she knew and enjoyed maybe growing up. And so she just wanted to be a part of that with her daughter, just like a dad plays baseball with his son, or I'm excited that Ava's in volleyball now and I could play with her, but I don't, just cause I don't, don't necessarily know anything about beauty pageants or have participated. I guess I try to keep an open mind that this is something that people hold dear and it's a big thing in the South and they don't think anything of, of it like that. Right. Yeah. No, I, I don't, I don't know anything about the pageant world, but the people involved in it are very passionate about it. That's what yeah. makes them happy. They're not hurting anybody. Uh, they can do their thing. Controversial, obviously, but. But I think that was a big thing. I mean, I, like I said, in one of our prior episodes, just walking by and seeing her picture on the tabloids or, you know, people magazine, it was like, what is a six-year-old girl doing with all that makeup and bright red lipstick and, you know, hairspray and just sexy mm-hmm. outfits I mean I get it right it's kind yeah. of shocking you're not used to that we weren't fancy I had Care Bear pajamas and oh, Garfield oh my god <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> I laugh thinking about my photos when I was six years old like I was not anything near beauty pageant but, you know no. material <laughs> I either had no bangs or straight across bangs oh, I don't god. know it's yeah it was tragic, but that was just like how it was back then. I mean, but you look, you look at like things back in the eighties when we were growing up and how styles were and the hairstyles and all that. And then you look now, like what our kids have in style and like taking them to get their hair done and get, you know, the latest, whatever. And like, they look a hell of a lot better than we did at that age. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's because they have to look at themselves on social media all the time. So. <laughs> That's true. They oh, don't realize. Selfies, they're yeah. like, wow. I need to do something about these eyebrows. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so the police did have her write samples of the ransom note and they took fingerprints and hair samples and all that, but she was also cleared. So that is what I have for the intruder theory. Um, there's other people that I wrote down in like the kind of crazy theories that I still have that we could that could be considered intruders but they were just so far out there that I I put them in a different category (laughs) some C category yeah (laughs) so is there anybody that you have that you think was a was more of a suspect that should be looked at that I didn't cover 
No, 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 no. So as I mentioned, you know, Lou Smith, you know, he was, he was a great investigator. He was somebody that solved many cases and, and had a great record and somebody that was just held in very high regard by a lot of officers. And like I said, he came to believe that over the years, it was an intruder as well. He, he kept pointing to the boot prints, the window, the scuff mark on the wall nearby. Also, you know, back to, I don't know if I talked about this before, but with intruders, you know, they'll either leave or take something from the crime scene. There was one thing that was never recovered, right? Yeah. Well, the duct tape and if there was a stun gun, where'd those go, right? Like there were, they were not accounted for. The part I'm talking about is um, the portion of the paintbrush. The bottom portion of the paintbrush was never found. Right. Yep. So, I mean, that, that goes along with if there was an intruder, then he took those things with him or mm-hmm. her, but most likely a him. Um, and then the three sources of foreign DNA, you know, didn't point to a member of the family. That's, that were, that, that's what he believes. He said, you know, and it's believed that DNA will eventually solve this case in the end, if they could run it through some of the, some of the things we have now and we have access to now that, that we didn't necessarily have back then. Um, you know, if it was an intruder and Lou's daughter was on an interview that I saw and she was saying that her dad worked for Jean Benet, not the family. You know, he was very involved. Obviously he was with the Ramseys a lot, but he was a victim's advocate first. He didn't take a dime or even a cup of coffee from the Ramseys. He worked with them and was polite and professional, but his job was to follow the evidence. So, but when he passed away, he did not believe the Ramseys were responsible. So what do you think? I've read some of his stuff, obviously, and then this. His case is very convincing. It is. Yeah, it is. I know. There's mm-hmm. so many out there that I, like I say, if you kind of look at one track, one track mind on like, okay, it was an intruder and you look at everything that he had and everything that, you know, John Douglas says, and then everything that you see that points to this theory, then you're, you're all in. You're like, yep, that's what I believe too. And then the next day you talk about it being a family member and you look at all the evidence that points to that and you go, yep, <laughs> that's what I believe. That's why yeah. this case is so messed up. Yeah, I it is. don't know if I'll ever, unless DNA does solve the case or somebody comes forward, I don't think this is going to be solved. I agree. And I, I feel like it's going to be DNA. It's got to be scientific evidence at this point. The only thing that with the loosement, how he, you know, his theory about how John Bonnet was put in the suitcase and mm-hmm. they couldn't get her out the window uh, and probably dropped the suitcase thinking that that was cause, what caused her skull fracture. Uh, and so obviously he couldn't get her out of the home to sexually assault her. So that's why it happened there. Uh-huh. Um, that makes sense to me, especially because. Mm-hmm her DNA or not her DNA her the fibers from her pajamas are found inside that duvet cover Mm -hmm. but they Uh, were also a favorite pair of pajamas that she wore all the time and who knows right she She could have ran in and talked to her laid on her brother's bed and talked to her talked to him you know and there you go hell she could have packed that suitcase herself one day being like I'm gonna take a little trip and you know what I'm saying oh yeah I just pack shit all the time 
yeah and this is my favorite book and I'm gonna put a trinket in there and then you know I know there wasn't a trinket but you know what I'm saying like yes I'm gonna take it down here and then I'm gonna set up a whatever a pretend sleepover and then your mom calls you for dinner and you forget about it stays there yeah and that's it yeah again that's why this case is so crazy because you could you know make so many scenarios you could you really could um so I did have a few other things written down but I didn't go into great detail on them but there was the you know the dad's Jeff uh Jeff Merrick the dad's jealous employee you know theory Mm -hmm. that he was let go and he was you know he was the one that I think John mentioned first is this guy could have been could have been a part of it do you know a lot about that part of it or no I just know that he was listed as a possible someone who would retaliate against John Mm -hmm. you know when they ask you of course is there someone that has a beef with you recently yeah well and I'm sure you know you're going to mention anything that you can think of in that in that instance whether or not he thought he really would have done something or not like this is what I can think of because you're asking me yeah, well, and as you know, you never know how the police word it, right? Is there someone mm-hmm. who you know who could hurt John Bonaire? Or is there someone who doesn't like you? Is there someone who's yeah. mad at you? Were you in a recent altercation? Yes, and he was. So he had to say, yeah, well, actually, this happened. Um, the other theories were a child sex ring. Uh, there's really no evidence to support this theory. But, um, you know, now, of course, everybody's freaking out about the the last photo of her and that they're saying that the woman that you can see part of her face in the picture behind her is just Lane Maxwell. They say that she was in the area at the time and could have been tied to like, you know, the nearby law firm. So was it possible that that was her in the picture? I don't know, but are we really talking about that as a possible theory? Cause you think that her and, and Epstein needed to break into the Ramsey's home and get their six-year-old daughter and do all of these crazy things. Like that doesn't yeah, make well, any sense. And- they had access to planes in an island full of <laughs> I know people. Um, I well, hate to say it like that, but I think that was really I don't was that even is Jabonator demographic? I mean, no, it doesn't really fit in that way either. Unless there's an portion of their sex ring that I don't know about but I didn't think that they were using six-year-olds I thought no. it was as far as I know no that's not your, your so she just doesn't fit and I just don't imagine them they have no history of ever breaking and entering you know what I'm saying yeah but abducting I mean abducting but like abducting someone by trickery or manipulation mm-hmm. or but not I mean breaking could they and entering own the Ramseys maybe I mean John Ramsey and you know Epstein were both high profile people who traveled and knew a lot of this probably the same people could they have had connections maybe but this they could have. this seems very crazy well. this is a very much after the fact now we have this trial going on and oh my god does that look like just Lane Maxwell so there goes that there that's where it came from um and then of course that you know John Bonet is Katy Perry you heard that one she is I know yeah yeah totally yeah she looks just like her she went into hiding and you know until she was ready to come back as a pop star people say this they say that you know her song Wide Awake is believed to be 
a secret message that tells the truth about what happened and her past. I, we can't even Did you consult with Katie on this? <laughs> I did not, but we should ask her to come on and tell us what, what she thinks about all this. Yeah, that one's just, I don't know. I can't even say anything. I don't even know what to say about that. I'm going to say probably not. I'm not, does it ever say why she went into hiding? No. Okay. No, just, you know, (laughs) what? No, it doesn't make any sense. I can't, we can't even keep talking about that. That's just ridiculous. Um, Satanic sacrifice. This was another theory that I came across that a brotherhood term for the devil is Jean Bet, which is very close to Jean Benet. And there's a sacrificial ritual that's actually performed on Christmas Eve called the last bulb of the Christmas tree. I'm not even going to look into that ritual because if that's anyone just... can see my face right now. I'm <laughs> yeah, just so puzzled. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I just, I'm trying to understand all that. No, that's, that didn't. Better I don't. That didn't happen. That's ridiculous. I'm just going to say no. Yeah, let's say no on that one. And then there was the, the APAC killer the APAC, Asian Pacific American Coalition. So it was an active liberal group that operated out of Colorado, okay, Colorado University. Uh, They were saying that 118,000 could be the code for time of her death, 118. And they thought it was odd that the group disbanded weeks after her murder. They were the small foreign faction. Jen, thoughts? You know, you put together a good case, Tara, for that one. <laughs> it's very thin. Very thin. Uh, I think I just don't think that's true. I, don't. I mean, it was better than the jealous alien theory. We're not going to talk about that. Because they were a foreign faction taken literally, no footprints. So the aliens were jealous of her. So they came and there's no footprints okay. because, I don't know, they're aliens. They operate differently. They float. They float. They float. <laughs> uh, and then another theory was the people behind 9-11 did it, that she was murdered by a Royal Canadian Air Force colonel on behalf of the British and American Corporation uh, and the Illuminati, which I thought was interesting because I've always wanted to learn more about the Illuminati after the Da Vinci Code. I need to look into that um, because they said John wouldn't cooperate and help planning 9-11. So they stage all this and kill John Bonet because he wouldn't help them. Yeah, that's the uh is that the MK Ultra type theory? No, that's Russell Williams. Russell Williams, yes. He's the colonel. Mm-hmm. Um but he was also a serial killer. Yes. So he's the colonel, he's the guy you're talking about that killed John Bonet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, yes, the Canadian Air Force Colonel. That's, yes. yeah, I know. Yeah. I know, was that connected? I was only looking at both of them as being connected because one of our listeners, Bob, thank you, Bob. Hi, Bob. He mentioned this theory and it was one that I actually had not heard. So we looked into it a little bit. What'd you find? They're not the same. They're okay, two so it's two theories. different theories. My so, bad. Yeah. So, when, so when I looked up Russell Williams, his name's David Russell Williams. Mm-hmm. He is actually the guy that you're talking about. Okay. But he's also a Canadian, an English-born Canadian serial killer who mm-hmm. happened to be 
in the Canadian Air Force. Does gotcha. that make sense? No, no, it does. It does. So they think that he killed him for that reason. But then I think when I was reading up on it, they never mentioned 9-11. They just thought he was the one who did it. Yeah, no, he would. So, oh gosh, I read read about this guy a long time ago and a couple of his cases. Super creeper. He, He would stalk these girls and he would even enter into their like basement and watch them. Oh, it was like that show you were telling me about where like the guy watches the girl sleeping oh, or she yeah. like, oh, yes. no, I, I remember I had to turn it off. I couldn't watch it for a real long time after that. He just sat at the bottom of her bed staring mm-hmm. at her. That mortifies me. Uh, he had pedophile tendencies and yeah. he used to yeah. steal girls underwear. And um, so not only did he have this connection supposedly with John Ramsey, but he was also he was also a one of real those. big killer creep. And he would, he did work with a garage. He did suffocate with duct tape. I did read that he also used to hit his victims over the head. Yes, with the skull. And he, they used to crush the skull. Um, so it was like his MO, right? So that's why they tied him to the case. Mm. Yeah. Well. Correct. And then what was the other one he was talking about? MK Ultra, um, right? MK Ultra. Yeah. So that was more of a, if I remember right, experimentation kind of like a the Manchurian candidate is kind of an example of what they were saying like she was a part of these scientific experiments that her parents had allowed her to be a part of basically and they they had killed her that night during an experimentation gone wrong I don't I'm not sure if that's exactly or an experiment that was not going the way that they anticipated so they had to eliminate her however it was Mm -hmm. they were involved in this project right of human experimentation so there was Mm -hmm. they would do like they would experiment with like psycho drugs psychoactive drugs obviously none of this was happening to Japanese because nothing came back in her autopsy there's her no no. Uh, brainwashing hypnosis all of these things supposedly she was part of it It was one way or another, she wasn't working out. Yes. And I believe it was also the same article I read that they were saying it was the CIA's uh, secret um, experiment called Project Monarch, I believe is also that part. Yeah. So maybe I'm confusing the two, uh, MK Ultra and Project Monarch, but I I don't think so. I was just, I was looking into it briefly because it, it was mentioned and I, I wanted to make sure that we at least talked about it a little bit, but. Um, well, yeah. if anybody knows, feel free to find us on Instagram, Bob, you're out there. <laughs> Tell us what you've heard, Bob. We want to know. Okay. So then there's also the theory that she was mauled by a wolf. Uh, totally. Apparently there were animal hairs found on her body and then the duct tape. Beaver hairs. The beaver hairs. We never talked about the beaver hairs. No, we didn't, did we? So, I mean, (laughs) they were saying a wolf or an owl, which I was like, come on, people. The owls don't kill people. The staircase murder? Jesus. Quit giving owls a a bad name. owl. I like owls. Owls got a bad rap. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even funny. Just ignore me. I think everything's funny. According to Steve, it's one of my best and worst traits. (laughs) I was thinking about that when I was watching the Dr. Phil interview with Burke. 
just how awkward he was and how he kept smiling during the interview. And to me, I thought to myself, first thing I thought before I even heard Dr. Phil's thoughts on the whole thing, because I actually did keep looking into it a little further to hear, you know, what, uh, what his thoughts were on the interview and, you know, not what everybody else was saying. And my first thought was, okay, here we are in, in like quarantine COVID world, you know, where our kids have been having to, you know, work remotely or do things. And, you know, heck, we, we homeschooled all of last year. And so here we are concerned that our kids are going to be awkward and, you know, have trouble getting back into society. And it was like a big concern for a lot of people. And I think this kid has been kept away from people and the media and everything for the last 20 years, you know? How awkward are you going to be? Plus he works as a computer programmer. Like, I don't know about you, but if somebody was like, hey, I'm going to this like exciting Christmas party and it's all computer programmers. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to put them in It's not getting lit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I can't imagine that would be uh, just, I think it would be a very interesting night. That's all I have to say about that. But just those things compiling on top of each other. I just think he was probably nervous and anxious. And how many times do we laugh or smile in a situation that should not be laughed or smiled at? All it's a coping mechanism. Yeah. So I don't think that that points to any guilt being, you know, I just think he was sheltered and very unsure of how to act or what awkward, to do. Yeah. Very awkward. So, yeah. What are your thoughts? I don't know. So who do you think did it? If you had to pick one of those things tonight that we talked about, what would you pick? You know, I, I think we need to contact Katy Perry. (laughs) Stop it. I want to know what you're thinking. We can hang out with her, but. I just, I want to believe that it was an intruder who came in with the intent of kidnapping and it just went wrong and then they had to get out and they left the garage but they took the other stuff with them and I don't know for whatever reason maybe they just thought that they would get more DNA on her if they tried to get that garage off and whatever I don't know right because I'm trying to think of the whole situation so I would like to think that it wasn't a family member just because I think that's so horrific and I think about all of the things that they would have had to do to that little body that I just can't even imagine a parent who loves their child, even if they're protecting another child, that they would go to those kind of lengths to do what was done to her. Right? So this is where, but I'm at a crossroads. Cause yeah, I think that's my biggest thing is I, I, there, there's no motive. For the parents no. to do this, there's no motive. No, you. I mean, I. I would think that it would have had to have been an accident, but then, like I said, like you said, why wouldn't they just say, "Oh God, she fell down the stairs," or, right? Mm-hmm. Just why wouldn't they make it more simple? Or, you know, with John, bringing her up the stairs. I see my dad's point of view, and I don't know how you couldn't cradle your child, or like you said stay at the bottom of the stairs, you know, and scream for help and just hold your child. Right. Um, that I do think is weird, but then I think God, people act so, so differently 
he had already lost a child. He had been through something like that in the past. He had that great loss and maybe a part of him died back then. And he was able to look at things in a different way than we all would. I don't know. I, I think all sorts of things, Jen, I could keep, I could talk. I know it's forever. It's so hard. Not that we're going to solve the case tonight. Another thought is right. Like if they did do all of that and went through all of that elaborate to, to stage the crime scene, why would he carry her upstairs and undo all of it? Wouldn't he want everybody to see see how she was found? Don't you think? Mm -hmm. Like, I think about that. I think, well, then why did he? Well, and then I wonder if he wanted her found by someone else and no one would find her. So he was like, fuck, I got to do this because these people are not doing it. Yes, that's another thought. Because typically if you are, that's, this is another thing that I read in John Douglas's book because he likened it to Lizzie Borden, how she wouldn't go up the stairs. She kept trying to get other people to go up the stairs and find this body. And she didn't. And as I think it was like, she was trying to, I can't remember exactly who, cause I didn't focus it too hard on this part of it, but somebody wouldn't go up the stairs. So she got somebody else to go with her up the stairs to do whatever it was she had asked mm-hmm. them to do. So she didn't find the body. She could react from a distance. So that's a very, that's another point. Like what, you know, but you're right. Maybe he was like, enough's enough. We've been around here for so long and nobody's found the body. We've yeah. had, you know, 20 people in and out of here that are supposedly investigating like shit. And now they've all left it. and we have one detective here. Now got to get, you know, let's get this over with. My God, you know, who knows? I know that's a very insightful thought. There's so I just know how a family could keep that secret if they were responsible for this long. I don't know either. You would think somebody would turn on somebody or just talk or, right? You wouldn't. And if a nine-year-old is no, is like in the know on this, how does a nine-year-old not say something to a friend, to anybody? Even like not intentional, even just in passing. Mm -hmm. I heard my mom say this or, yeah, but there's nothing now. No. So. So, I mean, that's very odd too. I agree. Unless Burke hit her and they, you know, rushed him up the stairs and was like, you know, go to bed. Your sister's fine. Like you're in trouble. And then they figured it out and he never like he went to bed and maybe he was just so, I don't know. And maybe he just would believe like, oh, okay, I didn't do it, but somebody else did. Oh, but when I hit her, she was fine. But somebody else like did all of these things. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, this is another thing I thought in my head, like, he did it, but they didn't say like, oh my God, you killed your sister. They were just like, get him upstairs. We'll figure out what's going on. Then they see how bad it is. They do all of the things. And then he truly just from then on, the narrative of the story is what you believe when you talk about it and talk about it. And this happened and this happened. That's what you start to believe instead of, huh, I wonder if I did that yeah. when I, right? Mm-hmm. No, I could totally so, that. I go back and forth. Mm. Somebody please just test the DNA. Just do it. Just get it in there. I know they probably only have a little bit left, but you mean like run it against POTUS or yeah, or even like one, two, three, and me and all the family tree stuff to see if you can kind of how they caught the, you know. Why can't I think? It's just so late. I don't know. What was 
Michelle McNamara's case, the Golden State Killer, how they caught, you know, caught him using just familial DNA from people who submitted it for, you know, Ancestry.com and those, those type of sites. Sure. Why not? If you have, if we have the ability to do it, are they still participating? So I don't know. That's why I said, and sites like those, because I know some of them will not allow the FBI to use their sites anymore, but some of them I think still are. Like, wasn't it one, two, three, and me and something else? But they they make it known, don't they? Like, if you submit your DNA, it can be used for... And from what I understand, too, is that they don't release the, the DNA typing or the DNA script to the FBI. They do it themselves, and then they let them know. They, they let find. them know there's a match. Because, I mean, people yeah. were worried, from what I understand, that the FBI was getting your DNA. The FBI does not get your DNA. No, no. They can't. They never can get it and use it or whatever. They just say, like, here's the match. I believe that there was some um like there was a court case. Well, there were some authorities taken down who were creating uh more false people. So they were submitting DNA, crime scene DNA. Oh no, I did not hear this. Oh shit, you can't do that. For people that they really wanted it to be, this is the guy that, that we know did it. So we're gonna submit this DNA and then we're gonna be like, oh, look at that it's a match that's shady as hell oh my god no brilliant, right I mean it's brilliant but it's shady. <laughs> like, you can't do that Jen <laughs> oh our minds work very differently I'm like mortified <laughs> you're like that is awesome more people should do that <laughs> yeah probably not <laughs> just saying I can see where they come from <laughs> no I get it right I do I do. Like, you know, you're sitting around and you know this DNA has a match and it's going to be John Smith today. (laughs) Send it in and. Oh my God, but we can't discredit the entire forensic like universe. (laughs) We can't discredit and and then, oh my God, everybody would get off, right? They'd be like, oh, well now you can't say that my DNA, do you know how many people would be going back to court and they'd have to throw their cases out? Holy shit. Our world is already messed up enough. We don't need everybody being released because somebody wanted to solve a case and did it, you know, took a shortcut. So, right. Um, but what do you think? I, I mean, I don't really think I can't. I always want to lead towards the family. I always want to lean towards the family. Statistics say it's them. I know. My gut says it's them. But the evidence isn't there. I know. That's the problem. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. And and there's that's where my dad comes in saying the case was so fucked up that if it had been done correctly and processed correctly, we would know who did it. They would have their evidence. I believe that. I believe that, yeah. So that's probably why the evidence doesn't lean that way, you know? Could be. Hey, I don't know. I think our listeners should tell us what they think. <laughs> I, I always love to hear people's theories and yeah, if they yeah. have something that I haven't heard before. Because even the autopsy with the fingernails, I had never heard that before that the autopsy, you know, they use the same fingernail clipper on every nail. 
Oh yeah. Well, and I didn't know that they didn't have, you know, that he didn't take the corneal fluid or do the, you know, do the job correctly to try to find the, the time of death. That would have been very important. Yeah. They could have yeah. been like, oh, she was killed at 830 or nine o'clock. And then you'd have been like, oh, okay. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, I do. You have to have your, you have to have your evidence. You have to have your facts. You have to use the science in order to. The evidence and the facts will always point to who did it. And in this case, nothing is for certain. I don't think. No, no. No. So that's why. But anyway, I am looking forward to dinner with you on Tuesday so we can discuss, you. you know, next year's podcast what's you know what's coming up what we're gonna what we're gonna decide to do and just to just to get out and see you and interact in person and we've been doing these zoom meetings for too long and there's been nothing in between I don't know the last time I've seen you besides on a screen was it Yellowstone oh my gosh I think it was the premiere party of Yellowstone that we did yeah it's like yeah oh my god we we might need more. We might need, we might be coming <laughs> home at like 3, 4 a.m. The guys are like, where have you guys been? You know, oh, little here, little there. In the parking lot talking. We were hanging out. We were invited to a computer program or a Christmas party. So <laughs> we decided to head over there. It was lit. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you never know um, how the night's going to go. It could get real crazy. <laughs> Computer programmers are coming for you, Tara. <laughs> I know, but you know what, you guys? Our idea of a, of a night in of like super fun is wine or even maybe hot tea if we're not in the mood for alcohol and a good puzzle. That's like our dream get together. <laughs> so. so true. Stop. Stop. <laughs> so it's okay. I think we're, we're wild not- and crazy. <laughs> I'm sure there's some computer programmers out there who are. (laughs) Stop, leave them alone. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm dying. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You cracked me up. All right. Are we going to post a poll? I don't know. Are you allowed to do that? Like, who do you think the killer is? Pull. Oh, I think we. <laughs> I think we could do it. Well, and I didn't post any pictures this week because some of the ones that I wanted to post, I didn't know if they were appropriate. Yeah, but I figured most people that have known the case and googled the case, they've they've they, they've seen the pictures. So. Yeah, I forgot about social media this week. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> It's been a busy week, guys. It's been a busy um, week. Oh, I was going to say that's it for this year. Yeah, that is, that is it it's for over. this year. We're taking a break, uh, Christmas and New Year's. So, yeah. But, um, you know, we did get a few listeners uh, submitting some cases they wanted us to cover that I find very interesting that I might have to look into. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited. Well, that's a wrap for uh, this year, for 2021. and. The next time we talk to you guys, happy new year. Yeah. Happy new year. And, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be back soon. All right. See you later.